I'm indie actress Jen Page from Dorkness Rising, Geek Seekers, Chop Saki Boom, and more, and you're listening to Genretainment. Hello, everyone. You're listening to another episode of Genretainment over here on SciFiPulseRadio.com. We're your hosts, Marks. And Julie. Genretainment is where we give you interviews with writers, directors, producers, and actors in both independent and not-so-independent creations. And for today's show, we go gamer as we speak to writer and actress Sarah Moore, and director-editor Jeff Moore about their web series Gamer Chick. The Moores tell us how they create the series, the joys and stress of Kickstarter, what events they have planned at Gen Con, the beta testing of the role-playing game based on their show, their short film, The Dream Job, and their favorite treats to cook in the oven, which apparently are great ways to bribe people. Food is always a great way to bribe people. (laughs) Who knew? Now, before we start the interview, we want to point out that the music you just heard at the beginning of the show was a snippet from the theme song for our web series, Reality On Demand. It's a song composed and performed by our friend T. Sean Hardy. You can find our web series at realityondemandseries.com. Now, let's get started with our interview with the minds behind the series of Gamer Chick, Sarah and Jeff Moore. Listen to Entertainment, and this is Marks and Julie. And today we're chatting with the creators of the web series Gamer Chick. So welcome to the show, Sarah and Jeff Moore. Oh, hi, you guys. <laughs> okay, for those of our listeners who haven't seen Gamer Chick yet, could you please explain what the show is about? Oh, sure. Uh, Gamer Chick is a comedic web series that follows the real life and in-game exploits of pencil and paper gamer Gia. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we know the show or something. <laughs> have you seen it? No. <laughs> I I hope he I hope he's seen it. Which is really I hope he directs it. And we should probably also have you guys explain, you know, what your roles are in the show. Yeah. Right. You go first. I'll go first because my titles are less impressive. Uh, uh, I'm Jeff. Clearly, I am the director, and for Oh, I've shot all all four of the seasons. Yeah. Yes. We've we've thought we've had camera people lined up, but we've not. So I'm the director of DP. I've done most of the editing, all of season one, most of season two. I may end up doing parts of seasons three and four as well. That remains to be seen. But I also do a lot of the sound work. A lot of most of the post production is just me, really, which is why it takes so long for us to get episodes out, actually. But uh, visual effects work is all me as well with the exception of a handful of shots from the early seasons. I think that's very impressive. I was going to say, I, I don't know what is more impressive. Yeah, just, well, the pressure's on, people. Sarah. You know? Okay, my yeah. turn. All right, so I'm Sarah, and I am the writer, and I also produce it, and I uh, am the lead actress. All right. And I'm the creator. He Jeff just whispered to me, I am the creator. That's true. <laughs> it's my brainchild. That seems so much more impressive to me. That's all I, I'm saying. I feel like you have more jobs. I do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and they're jobs that I don't know how to do. Okay. That's why you make a good team. That's how yeah. we are. We did it. Yay! I'm curious, Jeff, do you ever act at all? or You're never in front of the camera in Gamer Chick, are you? Not in Gamer Chick, no. I haven't done any screen acting 
since film school, which has been a terribly long time ago now. But I did a lot of stage work when I was younger. And now I, you know, interestingly, I uh, have been thinking about getting back into that game. So, uh, you know, if you know anybody who's looking for a guy looking like me, I, I can I can look that up. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, generally, I'm, I'm mostly uh, direct because that's sort of my forte. Well, see, this is an opportunity. This, some famous director could be listening right now. So what, mm-hmm. how would you explain yourself, Jeff, you know, in case he's looking for, the, for a part, for an actor? Oh, as, as an actor? Yeah. Uh, if you need a guy who looks completely nondescript and can play a bunch of different types of characters in a mediocre way. <laughs> I, I think, I think the phones are ringing off the hook. Yeah, yeah. I think he's handsome. Operators are standing by. <laughs> Thank you. And a lot of the web series that we talk to nine out of ten times are on one of the coasts, east coast or west coast. But you guys are Midwest like us. So, we are. So where do you guys film at? We are in the tiniest town that time forgot. That's a Whiting, long name. It is. It is called Whiting, Indiana, and it is just barely across the border from Chicago. So we're like spitting distance from Illinois. That's our claim to fame. It's oh, Whiting. It's almost Chicago. It is actually Whiting uh, became a town, a, a bigger deal of a town because of the Columbian Exposition. Exposition. I always get that wrong. Eighteen ninety-three. Uh, in eighteen ninety-three, because they were far enough outside the city, and so many people came into Chicago for the exposition that they needed more places to stay, and so. Our little tiny town sort of boomed. Oh, cool. That's cool. And now we have a festival dedicated to the pierogi every year. So (laughs) I was going to say, is the motto Whiting, Indiana, for those who can't get into Chicago? (laughs) It might as well be. Yeah, it's close. It's a cute little town. We we like it here. I actually think it's not any place that will have a festival for a pierogi. Sounds cool. um, And it was just couple weeks ago actually pierogi festival and i go and eat my weight in pierogies every year (laughs) amazing i love when towns have their own things like that that's so cool i love festival season around here you know that's what people who aren't from the midwest think we have nothing to do and the biggest problem is oftentimes on the weekends there's too many things and you have to choose right Well, you I have mean, the... there's no choice when it comes to the Prairie Festival. You just go there. That's yeah. We... <laughs> well, with me, it was Volksfest this last weekend. So, yeah. you know, there, there's no choice. That's three days of, of beer and, and polka and everything else. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound like Prairie Festival. <laughs> you kind of have the best of both worlds in a way because you're, uh, you've got a smaller city place to live. And then you're right by one of the largest cities yeah. in the world. So yeah. the nation of That's the way to do it. <clears throat> yeah. All right. So why web series? Whenever you guys created, I guess they go hand in hand. Where did the creation of Gamer Chick come from and why did you decide that medium? Well, Jeff and I had a, a live theater company for a while and we were doing a show called Pyroflower Radio Hour, which was like a post-apocalyptic radio show that we wrote and we like came up with all of our own ads like fake products and all this stuff we had like four little segments of different shows that we would serialize and news um to sort of flesh out the world and then we would perform it live and that ran for about a year and so we'd have a new episode every month 
And we discovered that it's really, really hard to get people to come to live theater that's uh, not like a name show. That's not something that people already know. Mm-hmm. Especially like, every month. Right. So it's not like we we were doing like Grease or The Sound of Music where people were like, oh, I love that show. I've seen it a million times and I know all the words. So I'll go and pay and watch it. Um, <laughs> We were doing new stuff that we were writing and it was just really hard. And we, we had a fan base, but it was a very small fan base and it just got really frustrating. And then we decided, you know, maybe we should sort of push our way over into, into like a film medium. And I was frankly too terrified to write a feature because that's, that was super intimidating to me. And so I said, let's do something that's a little bit shorter. And I sat down. And I started writing about this super nerd girl that likes to game and likes to bake because I was doing a lot of those things at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it sort of grew into 11 episodes. And so, I mean, I probably could have written a feature (laughs) because it's about the same length. I was going to say, when you said shorter, I'm thinking, not really. Yeah, no, well, it was originally going to be shorter. And then by the time I was done telling the story, it ended up being longer. And um, it just ended up, you know, we I just sort of called all of my friends and didn't give them a choice. I said, you need to come over and do this thing for me so I don't cry. And they did. And that's kind of and, and setting it up, tra- making that transition from the radio show format was really nice because the longest segment we ever did longest single segment in the radio show was maybe six, seven minutes tops. Mm -hmm. So she already had a lot of experience in writing short form storytelling, writing an entire story arc in five, six, seven, eight pages. Yeah. And it lent itself really well to making that movie. I don't know. I would have watched the post-apocalyptic theater. Yeah. That's kind of cool. We have actually been talking about getting the original cast together and doing clean recordings of all of them. Oh, that'd be cool. Audio only, but I mean, it's, it was good. It was really fun. We had like a live Foley artist and a live musician and it was super fun. It was a Prairie Home Companion if it took place like 200 years in the future. I was going <laughs> to say, when you said like Foley artist, uh, a Foley artist, all I could think of was oh, Garrison Keillor's Prairie Home <laughs> Companion. Yeah. yeah. That was very much an inspiration. Yes. She's their biggest fan. I've been big NPR nerd. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, it's pretty much, if I when I get in my car, it's automatically just at NPR. So whatever's on is, Yeah. <laughs> You know you're getting old when <laughs> I can't say that I listened to it as a kid. Or wait, wait, don't tell me. Yes. Yeah, oh, I love that. You know, I can't say that though. I watched, I listened to it as a kid. <laughs> nice way yeah. to do it. Yeah. Weird. It's high quality. It's good. A good educational or, or quality. Yeah, it is for a child in comparison to most kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so a gamer chick. I guess I'm wondering the the cast of people that you had in your uh, your production did a lot of them move over to gamer chick then? I mean, was uh, that kind of that natural transition for some of them? Almost all of them. I just plucked them straight from. It was like, well, we're done doing this, but we're going to do this now. We're going to do this now. <laughs> Report for work this Saturday. Yeah. yeah. We we added 
we added several people in, but the the main five people, like our the gaming group, was was all from Pyroflower, and then Jeff went from performing to directing. Mm-hmm. So and I stopped writing. Yes, he stopped. <laughs> he he wrote a couple of the segments in Pyroflower, but he stopped writing. It turns out he's not a chick, so he didn't want to write. Yeah. The, the game the well, that's good because your marriage wouldn't be valid in the state of Indiana otherwise. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so you're obviously a role-playing gamer like like uh, like I am or like us. Especially yeah. me. I'm the more diehard gamer of the two of us. Yeah, I'm, I'm a casual gamer. <laughs> Fair. We accept that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll admit it. So how, how many other uh, people in the cast are also gamers? Uh, almost all of them. The guy who played Colin, he had not done any gaming prior to the show. So we invited him. To, we had known him from Pyroflower mm-hmm. and from other stuff in life. I don't have any idea where we met him. I met sure. him because I was doing uh, a choir performance. A choir. Somebody asked me to come help because they didn't have any altos. And so yes. I went and sang and met him there. We had to introduce him to the world. And we thought it was appropriate because he was the game master at the beginning of the well, first sure, episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we thought he should at least, although it wasn't entirely essential, we thought he should at least understand what a lot of the stuff meant that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so we brought him in and we played a couple games and it was a good time. He's a fun guy. Yeah, he dug it. He, he sort of, he actually came down to Gen Con that first year and, and bought several RPG books and sort of ran with it. So that was really cool. Oh, you corrupted him. That's nice. We, we brought him to the dark side. I brought them there with my cookies. <laughs> <laughs> and then the girl who played Candy in season one had not gamed at all. And I also, we broke her as well. We got her in to that whole thing. Because she was like, I have no idea. Which was fine for her character. Her character's not a gamer. Doesn't know anything about it. And then afterwards, we had her over for some gaming. And she just also ran with it and now she games like every week she games more than we do oh wow that's cool so what is your go-to gaming cookie that you bake do you have a go-to one or you just like to i think it depends on well it depends on the group of people that we have coming over because there are several groups of people like there are several people who have specific things that they request Uh um if it's like around somebody's birthday i always bake my chocolate cake Mm -hmm. uh which is yeah, it's super good. It's my grandmother's recipe. I think there's a montage of her baking. Oh, that cake baking in there, one. there is. I baked that cake in season one, and the whole time it was so it was in the oven during takes for other stuff, and like the whole place smelled like warm chocolate cake. Yay! Is that is it done yet? I want to eat the cake. Um, <laughs> but I I also do rice krispie treats a lot because I can make them in about fifteen minutes. Just yeah them together and i use all of the marshmallows on the planet every time um oh. and then you know it's just sort of it, sometimes people have specific requests so I, I try to have something chocolate cake what's that so like yeah mine used to be brownies and i had like dark shiny green sprinkles i'd put on top so i called them kryptonite brownies nice Oh, yeah. yeah, you haven't fixed those for a while. No, I haven't. <laughs> Crap. Fine, get on it. I was going to make some cookies. Cookies are also good. Baked goods in general. Yeah. yeah I okay. mean, the word good is in the title. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> like they knew. Like they knew. 
Now, you mentioned uh, Gen Con uh, just yeah. a few moments ago. So uh, I know there's some showings of panels at Gen Con, which is coming up really, really soon. What's coming up? Goodness. Um, okay, so we have a Gamer Chick panel, which we will probably be screening a couple episodes from season two. Is that real? And then doing like a talk back with the fans and a shing and all that good stuff. Hopefully we'll have a few fans that show up. Hint, hint. <laughs> um, and then uh, we also have this year, which is very exciting, um, we have a game along because we have partnered with Third Eye Games to turn the game that we play in the show, free, F-R-E-E, into a playable RPG. And so we have a beta testing session where 15 people can come and either play with the actors as their characters or play as the actors characters. So like I will be playing Nin at one table and then hopefully somebody else will be playing Nin at the other table and we'll be running this adventure that I've written for us. And that should be super fun. And I'm planning on bringing cake to that. <laughs> so so we should have put that in the. We should have put that in the. It should have been like chocolate cake for Free all. Free chocolate cake. Everybody would show up. <laughs> all for participants is what you ought to say. <laughs> I mean, you also have to sit here and play this game, but cake, you guys. Cake. You have to sit here for four hours, but like, cake. That's okay. <laughs> More time to eat cake. <laughs> We've, we've got a bunch of other uh, panels and screenings and things that we are a part of, but those are the gamer chick specific ones. Cool. I guess we should say when Gen Con is, even though if you're listening to this episode right as it airs, it's going to be happening in just a matter of days. Uh, August 16th through the 18th. 15th through 18th. Thank you. So, Indianapolis. Indianapolis. Indianapolis, yes. And Gen Con, for those people who don't know, Gen Con is, is pretty much the largest um, gaming convention. Gaming convention, yeah. Not um, just role playing games. It is the best four days in gaming, people. Like, yeah. yeah, it's 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 in print. That's their slogan. That's on everything. <laughs> yeah, and it's true. Yeah. yeah, I mean, role playing games are a huge part of it, but there are other games as well. Yeah, yeah board games. games and card games. Oh, oh yeah, card games, you guys. I have a card game that uh, that is, we're selling this year. Oh really? Just made a card game I with Third Eye Games. Yeah, it's called Top Billing. And it's going to be at the Third Eye Games booth. I'm, I think he's going to have some copies there at the con. Yeah. If not, you can get it through drivethroughcards.com. It's, it's awesome. It is a, a card game about uh, making movies. Oh, oh cool. That's cool. Super fun. Everybody <laughs> check that out. What's it called I think again? The part is that you can, like, com- there's, like, screw your neighbor cards, and you can completely ruin somebody else's movie studio. It's my oh, favorite. it's like real life. It is just like real life. <laughs> it is. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun with it so far. It's a good time. Okay, what's the name of it again? Top Billing. Top Billing. Okay. That's very cool. There's a, there's a video demo up somewhere uh, that the, my game design partner, who is the Third Eye Games guru, yes. uh, Eloy LaSanta, he put that together, and it's it tells the story of how the game works very effectively. Probably better than I could. Oh, cool. I'm about to check it out for yeah. sure. Especially... Yeah. Movie making, mm-hmm. yeah. movie themed games always fun. So you had me at the screw your neighbor card. That was yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming up for Gamer Chick. Uh, yeah, you know Gamer Chick's been around for a little while. Uh, when did it first come out? 
we've been working on Gamer Chick for like four years. Yes, the Since the dawn of time. When was the first? When did we first release? I don't even know. Season one premiered at Gen Con three years ago? Four years ago? It seems like a long time ago. (laughs) We didn't add our stuff to YouTube until a little bit later, Mm -hmm. but we had a presence on Lip.TV. We have a channel on there. I think we still have that channel, in fact. And whatever the date of that first post is, is when we started releasing. <laughs> I'll tell you when that is. It was a long time ago. Maybe it's 2010, maybe it's 2011. It's one of those years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that much. So, <laughs> what? so we're super helpful. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for stopping by. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That was> terrible. <laughs> So you had a successful Kickstarter for se- for season four of Gamer Chick. Yes, congratulations. Where you have a number of Zoe stars in the show. Uh, when I say Zoe, I mean Zombie Orpheus Entertainment, or okay, I was gonna say. who produced like Journey Quest and Gamers. Yeah. You know, what, what was it like? A doing a Kickstarter and B uh, working with those actors. The Kickstarter was one of the most nerve wracking and awful experiences of my life. Oh my gosh, it was so like it. I was filled with anxiety. For the entire time that it was running. Not because it was hard. Like, I think the platform that they put together to do all that was great. Yeah. It's the part where you click on the button every 15 seconds for 60 days. (laughs) Not sleeping, clicking through the night. Just, like, perpetually refreshing it. Yeah. Like, to see if it's, yeah. It was was very nerve-wracking. But really exciting when ever we would get pledges like every time yeah. anything would come in it was like just you know it was really cool to have the validation that people actually were digging what we were doing and mm-hmm. and wanted to help and wanted to help make more happen so that was really cool plus it succeeded so yay we, yeah. were, we were able to make things happen after that i'm going to throw to you jeff about the actors first about, about what was the question about um, them but working with people that working we with them? don't work with well, the, uh, the Zoe, fo- who are the Zoe people that we used? We used Connor. Connor. Uh, and Trin. Trin. And we're going to be working with Jen. And Jen there. Page. And, and we brought in Dean Van He of Bandersnatch. Oh, Studios yeah. He, he well. has worked. He was our makeup artist for season four, and he has worked on... Journey Quest. Journey Quest? Is that the... And Gamers 3. Gamers 3? Yeah. yeah. It was neat. I, <laughs> confession time. Um, I haven't really watched any of the Zoe stuff that these guys were in. So it was kind of, I, I, I was sort of nonplussed about the whole thing, yeah. but it was really funny to see like some of our crew members who came in and were like volunteering because that we brought these people in there. Oh, that's cool. It was neat to see them like, Oh man, you're so-and-so like, yeah, that's, that's so-and-so. All right. Aren't they cool? I guess. Uh, <laughs> we yeah. had, um, we didn't have them all in at the same time. Connor came in for the fantasy shoot in May, uh, and he was a lot of fun to work with. He was he was a guy that, as a director, he brought an energy to the set that I hadn't experienced in a while. He he was ready to talk character at any moment, always. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I we have been doing Gamer Chick. It was the fourth season's worth of episodes that we were shooting. So pretty much everybody else was sort of on autopilot. Like we we've got these characters figured out, you know. Not 
autopilot. Well, not autopilot. No. She's like, we weren't phoning it in, Jeff. Oh no! I, I don't mean to. I don't mean to make it sound like it's like. He meant. Just, he meant you guys were just so well versed in your characters. Yeah. That we're comfortable with them. Yeah. Yeah. We know all of their backstory. You're welcome, Jeff. Everybody yeah. is. That's the words I meant to say. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was. It was nice to have like some fresh eyes and ears on set. Just to kind of remind me that I have responsibilities as a director, other than just going, that looks great, let's move on. <laughs> Honestly, with these guys, that's kind of all I have to do a lot of time. I get great takes every time, and maybe we shoot a couple extra for safety. Usually we got it on the first one, and usually that's the one we use, just because these guys are so comfortable with their characters. And well, it, and it's, it's a group you're comfortable with, too, that you've been working together for a while. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Trin was the same thing when she came in in July for the real world shoot. She was a whole lot of fun too. And she had some great ideas and she had clearly also spent a lot of time thinking about her character ahead of time and, and uh, came in and did the work and it was great. Yeah. We haven't worked with Jen Page yet. We actually work with her in, in our last day of shooting, which is the 19th. So the day after Gen Con, like we drive home on Sunday and then we're shooting the last couple of scenes mm -hmm. with her on the like the, the next day, that Monday. So, oh, wow. Luckily, you can be tired in those scenes. There's, <laughs> you know, there's combat fatigue happening at that point. So, yeah. Anybody's been at a convention can oh, understand. <laughs> so, you mentioned the fantasy scene. So, people who haven't watched Gamer Chick, the show has exists in the real world quite a bit, but there are scenes in, in a fantasy world where you're playing your characters right. and, and you guys are. Uh, I don't know if you did it in season one or not, but I know from then on you did green screen. Green screen. So how how difficult was it uh, to do that green screen work? You know, put those backgrounds in. Well, the process is not difficult, just because that's that's one of that was one of my major areas of study in school. Mm -hmm. So it it goes pretty smoothly, but there's just a lot of it for me to be doing it all by myself. So it's very time-consuming. It's a time-consuming thing anyway. And things like rotoscoping come out very quickly when you're shooting against a green screen that's not quite big enough to put, like, five people in front of. Uh, so there are additional steps to the process, but it actually sped our on-set time up considerably. Uh, I was able to just put the actors in their places and go, and I can I have a lot of flexibility in in uh, in post and where what what's behind them and what's going on in front of them and around them I can I can do a lot of things that we didn't even have to think of on set. He cool. he doesn't like my hair though. No, I don't. <laughs> oh yeah, it keeps getting every season it gets like bigger, bigger and curlier, and there's more of it. And um, that's harder to yeah. Big curly hair is um, a big pain in the butt. Yeah, I always um, try and keep your hair over the screen. <laughs> there was this there was the first shot of season one actually I, i'm running and uh and my hair was bouncing all over the place and he was like i hate this shot <laughs> yeah you should be it like i think you should go bald honey i mean i, yeah. I think that'll be a good look for you <laughs> i do recall having to slick my hair down for a green screen before yeah Yes, I'm we, sure they would they like were, that. Much. They were like, just put it in like a ponytail, mm -hmm. and and they're like, you got wispies. My hair isn't just gonna go flat against my head because you want it to. Right. Mm -hmm. Wishes and dreams. Yeah. yeah. 
So did the old, you know, lick your hands, move down your hair and do a take real quick. <laughs> Just hope for the best. Yeah. Well, and it's fine. I mean, that's part of it. You have to, you have to key hair separately. You know, that's just how it works. That's, that's part of the deal. But, um, the, the real challenge comes in when you, when you have to rotoscope because that sucks. Mm-hmm. Roto is a fairly thankless job that nobody knows anything about anyway. <laughs> but when you have to rotoscope little tiny wisps of hair, you just want to avoid that if you can. <laughs> and we have successfully done that so far. We, when we shot season three, instead of just a single 10-foot screen that we shot in front of, we borrowed another screen that's the same size. We have 10 by 24. So we laid them sideways and sort of wrapped our garage with them on the inside. So we had half of our garage, like one full wall, and then half of each of the short walls uh, covered in green screen. So it was a lot easier to get action happening in bigger ways and to get more people in front of the screen. Yeah. Yeah. It's 130,000 degrees. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, and and I can just imagine, obviously I watch too much, you know, sci-fi fantasy and horror. I can just imagine Jeff in there like late in the night trying to like green screen rotoscope with Sarah's hair and then just like snapping and shaving her head while she sleeps. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) Lots of grumbling and mumbling under his breath. Most of my swearing has to do with Ed and his ad libs. Yeah. But I'm accepting <laughs> of what people do now. Another complication in doing like a fantasy setting is you have to do fantasy costumes. Yeah. So how do yeah. how did you guys get uh, the fantasy costumes made? Well, we thought we had a customer for season one, and she backed out uh, by not returning phone calls anymore, which was awesome. <laughs> And like at and it was sort of last minute, and we uh, freaked out a little bit. But then um, Amanda Mall, who plays Nina. Nina and Lily, her mother and uh, grandmother, whips together the costumes at the last minute from really poorly drawn sketches that I made because I can't draw. <laughs> I'm super bad at it, but they made it happen and we are super thankful for it. Well, little Abuelita in the, in the basement of her house, just like tearing it up, making us some costumes. We're still using pieces of those original costumes. That's great. We had, when did we get costumes? Just season four, right? Season three, we had new stuff. Nobody's seen any of that. Season three, we had a costumer come in and, and help us out with some pieces and then season four, we had a, a different costumer. We apparently just go through costumers. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I'm like, hey, I need a fully realized fantasy world with three different races and go. And they're like, oh, God, yeah. um, this sure is a lot. And then they don't come back. Um, <laughs> but then we keep the pieces. So, you know, what can you do? And no uh, one hears from the costumer again. Oh, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, we paid for them. It's yeah, fine. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's getting. I feel like every season we up the quality of everything, so like it, it just keeps looking better and better and better. And by season four, the races have like distinct features that we put in with makeup. So the fairies have ears, and the um, like, so do the elves, and the elves have little ear tips. 
so that they look a little bit different than the Rangers. And it's well, how how fleshed out is the fantasy world in terms of backstory and just sort of what the world is all about? How much world building have you done on the the setting? Have uh, I done? Holy yeah. cow, I've done so much. A ridiculous amount that never comes out in the series that you don't ever see. But like I've gone into like their the governing systems that each of the three races have and um, the way that their housing looks and how they interact with the environment and what they're good at. And um, this is basically a lot of stuff that will come out. That will come out in the game for <laughs> sure. And like what their um, fiscal systems are like and it's just a ton it's just a ton of yeah. stuff uh, um, it's gotten down to like what the the races call each other like racial slur wise like I've, I've, I've talked I've thought about all of that stuff and it had all these notes and everything and and like it just doesn't come out when you're when you're writing <laughs> when I'm writing the show there's just not time for that stuff but I mean I think some of it will maybe come out more in the short film that we've written, which is going to be about like 30 minutes long, I think. Yeah, ballpark, yeah. Around 30 minutes. So I, I think more of the world will come out then because we're we're staying in the fantasy world the entire time. Mm -hmm. So. And you guys talk, talked about doing uh, testing of a role playing game version of it. Um, yeah. is, is the rule system going to be something like Pathfinder, or is it a brand new original rule system? Since we partnered with Third Eye Games, we thought it would be best if we adapted one of the systems that, that they've already sort of worked with and developed. Because uh -huh. he, he does most of his own mechanics, and he'll do a couple games using each mechanic, and then we'll move on to a new one. And this one is based on uh, a system that he designed for his game called uh, Mermaid Adventures, which is a... It's designed to bring kids into the world of role-playing more easily. Uh, so it's a really, like, story-heavy, like, RP-heavy, rules-light system. Uh, the, the way that you read the numbers is super easy. Um, the way that you uh, experience damage is really interesting. Mm -hmm. But it's basically, like, four core attributes, a handful of qualities, and any special gear you have that might affect the outcome of any of your actions and that's kind of it then it's like go play uh, Ooh, that sounds like what i'd like <laughs> yeah um we actually play tested mermaid adventures with our kids and at the time they were six and four i think maybe i think six and four i believe and they got it like they figured it out and we were playing <laughs> it got to the point where like we were playing on the floor so everybody was sitting on the floor and they would roll their dice on a, you know, a surface. And it got to the point where they were both standing up like over me because I was GMing and they were like yelling what they wanted to do because they were so excited. <laughs> um, so I think it's just like, I, I love the idea that we're using a system that kids can play because it's so much about your imagination and it's not like really clunky. Um, it's not number crunchy, like, because I have more fun in situations where I can just kind of just, just play. Yeah, we mm -hmm. play a lot more games that are more story-driven than, like, numbers-heavy. Yeah. So, I was going to say, you know, six and four and not a lot of numbers. That sounds like my speed. I'm a casual yeah. gamer. <laughs> yeah. I like that. That's another thing that's good, too, is that you don't have to have read the entire manual to 
play. Like you can just, you have a basic idea and you, you can have somebody walk you through how to do it fairly quickly and you can just get started. Okay. Yes. Some games get pretty complicated. Yeah. yeah. Um, We've established that the problem, if, if it gets to the point where each person's taking like, you know, 15, 20 minutes to do one moon move in the middle of a fight, uh, yeah. Julie falls asleep until it's my turn again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Engagement doesn't seem to be a, a, a problem in the types of games that we gravitate toward. So because they're more story based, so we like to get get into the action and put a cinematic feel is what we, we kind of go for in our home games. Yeah, yeah so, those are the better ones, I think. Yeah, have you ever ever played Fate or Fudge? Yes. 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 And it's while not quite as simplified, it's really similar to that in that it's the dice don't get in your way. Mm-hmm. You know? Julie's a big fan of Mutants Masterminds. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite my favorite character I've ever made is in that setting. <laughs> nice. We've been playing Hollow Earth Expeditions. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Super fun. And we were lucky enough that, that I, I, on a long shot, emailed Jeff Combos, who is one of the creators, and said, hey, I love your game, and I would love very much if, you would let us use it in season four. And he was like, cool, do it. So we actually partnered with him. And the first half of the season, we're in different games instead of our game. So in episode one, we're in Outbreak Undead, which is a zombie apocalypse game that Hunter Books created because I uh, was able to uh, hook up with Ivan Van Norman, which is one of the guys that helped create it. And he gave us permission to use it. And it was super fun. So we had zombies running around. We made our kids cry on set. <laughs> super effective. Of all the days to bring them to set. Great um, parenting, right? <laughs> yeah. And then episode two, we actually do uh, Wu Jing, which is a ninja game made by Third Eye Games. And then we're in Hollow Earth Exhibitions, which is super fun. And um, one of the things that we've done in our in our home game with Hollow Earth is that we um, we run around and fight dinosaurs. And we, we chased, we were being chased by a bunch of Yeti and we ran into a bunch of Nazis and then made the Yetis eat the Nazis while we were running away. Um, oh, that's so cool. It was brilliant. It was super fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. If Pulp Adventure is your thing, you should check them out. Yeah. It's, it's fun. It's crazy fun. Rarely do you ever get such an effective use of Yetis in a game as sure. to eat Nazis. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we use them, we use them to their full effect. Yeah. <laughs> Now, what else have you guys been working on besides Gamer Chick? Because mm-hmm. we talked about the card game a little bit. And I know Julie played a small part in mm-hmm. a short film you guys did a while back. The uh, Dream Job? We did the yeah, Dream the, Job. The Dream Job, that was uh, a brainchild of mine that is going to be screening at John Town this year as well. For sure. That's, uh, it's a short. It's about a, a girl whose job it is to go and uh, sort of help you survive your bad dreams, whatever that means for your dream. It's a little heady and uh, a little obtuse, but it, it was a fun shoot for sure. It was super fun. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, I had like... a really great time. Yeah. yeah. You drove a long way. Yeah. <laughs> we do that. You hey. handle a raw fish. And you handle the raw fish. Like I am a vegetarian who handled the raw fish. It was so funny. Half of us there were like, oh, my God, they got a real fish. And like half of us were like vegetarians who hadn't handled any sort of dead animal in years. And we were this darn fish to be fair, I wasn't expecting anybody to actually find a fish. 
I wanted that, but I was ready with backup ideas. I tell you what, though. Sarah- oh, crap. What backup idea could we have had besides poor Murray? We named him Murray. I know. <laughs> that poor fish. He really did start to smell after a while. Thankfully, it wasn't any hotter than it was. It was pretty warm. <laughs> <laughs> what were your backup ideas? I I had great ideas on the day. I couldn't tell you what they were now. I don't remember. <laughs> but they didn't involve a raw dead fish. So there so was dr- a lot of running. So dream job will be premiering at Gen Con. At what time? Do you know? I do know. Look, yeah. it's right here. Um, it's, it is at mm-hmm. 10 p.m. on Thursday nights. It's with the uh, the fantasy block, fantasy short block. Ah. ah, cool. So it's sometime between 10 and I think 12. I don't know when. I'm going to go, and if it's not early, I might fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Any other projects have been in the works or may be in the works in your future? Yeah. Yes. That you can talk about. I'm so excited about this one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm about halfway through the script on uh, a feature. <laughs> Speaking of Pulp Adventure... Uh, I'm a big fan of, of pulp and of uh, uh, film noir, so I kind of mush the two together in sort of a diesel punk kind of setting, which okay. I don't know how much of that is surviving through, but it's a detective story called Flint Steel and the Scourge of the Skies, <laughs> and the short version is it's a detective story in an alternate history where you've got a like an increased tech level in like the 40s in Chicago. So, you know, the airships, the steamworks, and that kind of stuff. All the trappings you would assume with, like, a, a steampunk or a diesel punk kind of, kind of setting. Also, there are this, these characters called Sky Knights who are effectively ninjas with jetpacks. Gotta have it's, a jetpack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a completely insane-sounding project, but everybody that we've gone through the, the proper pitch with has been way into it and we're actually doing some screen testing at Gen Con this year uh it's not done yet we don't know when we're hoping to be able to shoot next summer but it's going to be a big undertaking it's as you can guess probably it's it's going to be a, a thing <laughs> it's big it's like the Maltese Falcon meets Indiana Jones woohoo yeah. I think that's it that's with a, flying yeah. ninjas with flying hacks woohoo like what's not to like about that that sounds awesome you know what's so cool is that when you go to like gen con and promote that one after it's done you can have people dressed as ninjas with jetpacks walking around oh yeah like how cool is that oh yeah (laughs) it'll be fun that's all we really know or are are talking about so far but it's i think it's gonna be awesome question it is it's gonna be awesome okay if you get a working jetpack i totally want to try it out all right. It was nice meeting you. We'll just have you sign that. <laughs> I'll sign the waiver, yeah. <laughs> we got a live one. Let's go. Yeah. We're always looking to get involved with other people's stuff, too. So whenever projects pop up, we try and hop on board. Yeah, it's really cool for me to go to somebody else's set and just be an actor every once in a while. Because I'm when we do our stuff, I generally act in it and write it or help write it and also produce it. And so it's really cool to just go like when I, when I went to go do book of Dallas, I showed up and I had my one scene and I, all I had to do was say my line. And that's like, such oh. a relief compared to like trying to star in it and produce and do yeah. all the other. Oh my gosh. It's just like vacation. <laughs> yeah. I was like, so just sit here then and eat chicken pops. Yeah. On it. Yeah. And I can do that. that. I'm asking 
I'm like, hey, you guys need an AC or something? Mm-hmm. I really would love just one job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't mean to complain. It's wonderful yeah. that I'm able to do all the things that I'm able to do. But it's it's also really nice to just be able to just do something else. Yeah, <laughs> and be able to concentrate just on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah we had that? a really good team, though, for season four. We had uh, people taking the pressure off. Oh, that's good. Good. I mean, not as many people as I would have liked, but um, <laughs> a lot more people than we have had on previous seasons. So before we go, a little additional promotion moment. Uh, shameless. shameless plug time. Yes. Where can everyone find your, your stuff? All your stuff. Everything you want them to find. Yes. Oh. Well, there are a few different places. Yeah. You can find us on Facebook. If you go search, I think, Gamer Chick show or gamer chick series mm-hmm. uh you should be able to find us very easily you can find us at gamerchickshow.com that will basically redirect you to one of the other places but that's us our youtube channel is gamer chick show mm-hmm. uh, I, I believe we're hooked into the zoe site we are you can find us on zombie orpheus romeosfo.net is our, our our production company is romeosfo studios so romeosfo.net is our home base it's still under construction because uh we just are putting up the new site but there's a little bit of information there currently not much but some well thanks guys right, you thanks, guys, guys have a good night you thanks. too <laughs> all right bye 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 Hi, I'm Joanna from Standard Action, and you're listening to Genretainment. Special thanks to Sarah and Jeff Moore for chatting with us, and we wish them luck at Gen Con and the upcoming seasons of Gamer Chick. On our next episode, we continue the gaming theme when we have game designers John Lighthouser and Steve Kinson on the show to talk about Green Ronin's hit RPGs, Mutants and Masterminds, and DC Adventures. So that's it for today's Genretainment. Thanks to everyone for listening, and we'll be back with all new guests from our favorite films, TV shows, novels, and web series. And don't forget, you can also check out the other great shows on this channel, like SFP Now, The Roundtable, and more. Genretainment is a production of Alien Jungle Bug Productions. Until Until next time. time! Fa-la-ree, fa-la-ra, fa-la-ree, fa-la-ra, ha-ha-ha-ha.